1: They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's
0: Friday night. It's the preview show. It's the No Nay Never podcast.
2: hello and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the no never podcast back after an extended break i am your host natalie bromley but joining me is the main man himself our headliner for the preview show dave statman roberts dave hello
3: Hello Natalie and welcome back and I think I've got a, a chorus of uh, the dawn chorus in, in my gardens uh, <laughs> playing on all day and it's, uh, if you hear a chirping in the background it's the uh, blackbirds <laughs> in my garden
2: that's it we, we do like we like our preview show to have a little bit of background noise um, listeners for all of you who are listening to this uh, before the the Palace game it is Friday afternoon that we are recording this um this preview show and it is hotter than the sun in the UK at the moment so uh, please forgive a very much wilting Natalie Bromley and Dave Roberts um, I have literally just before we pressed record switched my fan off because all you could hear was this all the time picking up by the mic so I am very much sweltering and as you can hear Dave's got his window open so he did offer bless him to shut his window but I, I didn't want him to pass out halfway through the recording so you have to suck it up I'm afraid guys and and have your your weekly uh, preview show with a heavy dose of chorus songbirds um Dave we are of course recording this the morning after the night before our first home game since the project restart came on turf moor an empty turf moor in the glorious sunshine. What a result.
3: We did very well, yeah. I thought the uh, first half an hour in particular, we came out really well. We should have been a goal, maybe two up at half-time. I thought we had a really good uh, first half. Watford came into it in the... uh Third quarter, we've obviously got the uh, drinks breaks now, breaking up the game, so I was uh, using American football technology to describe the game, and it was uh, the third quarter was where Watford had uh, the dominance within the game, Uh, but we did really well, uh, got the winning goal, great cross from uh, Dwight McNeil, Fantastic glancing header from Jay Rodriguez for his uh, 50th Burnley goal, which was uh, really good. We didn't, we we saw the game out, we didn't really have too many uh, worries after that, but we did uh, really well and and really deserved the win.
2: It is. Uh, Was it not Brownhill who did the cross?
3: Uh, Brownhill played the pass and then it was. Ah, of course, yes,
2: it was. Yeah, my my wiltering brain is going. Um, I think I wanted to speak to you actually about the, the drinks break before we started. What I was a bit sceptical about them at first because of this whole breaking up the floor of play. But actually, for a side like Burnley, a, dr- a forced drinks break can massively work in our favour.
3: I think regardless of your views on it, we don't usually play football in June and July. And it was really, really hot, even though it was a yeah. six o'clock kickoff um, at Turf Moor. I think it's common sense to have the uh, drink drinks breaks. Um, and yeah, definitely playing this time of year, regardless of everything else that's, that's going on uh, with the setup and the the, the, the background to it. Um, I think it's, uh, it's the right idea and we definitely need to uh, do that for the rest of the season.
2: Yeah, I do think that. I think that's definitely the case. It's, it, we've got to look after these players, especially as, as it's going to take them a, a couple of games to get back to full fitness. Um, felt very odd seeing an empty turf more, didn't it?
3: Uh, well, yeah, it's, it's kind of the it, it's. I think it hit earlier in the day. I think the the fact that uh, we weren't going to be there for the yeah. game. You know, we're used to going to uh, to home matches. Um, I think I'd missed two in the last decade. Um, so yeah, not being there for a for a home game was uh, a strange feeling. It, it, it hit home as the day went on. But it's one of those yeah, things. Okay. I don't think it can be be helped in the situation. I don't think I'd really want to be um, in a ground uh, in the current situation. I think it's, it's the no, right no, decision, definitely. and um, we'll just have to see how quickly and how safely we can get things changed uh, from from next season. I don't. Think, well, my suspicion is next season isn't going to start. Um, as normal, it may well be that it's going to be a phased approach. Well, I think I resting in the programme. I've got the um, match day programme delivered. It was mentioned about there being a, a phase four and five. We're at phase three, I think, in terms of um, being able to play behind closed doors. There's then a phase four, which is partial um uh, fans allowed inside the ground, so reduced capacity, twenty twenty five percent, whatever that might be, and then phase yeah. five is obviously back to, back to normal again. Although even with that, I think even even normality will be uh, will be changed.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I have read some reports that I think the sports minister wants the wants the Premier League to have the fans back by the start of the season. They do not want to start the season with. Without fans, I just think I just think the timings are not going to work. I mean, I think that, I just I can't see how that's going to happen. But let's see. I mean, that said, you know, Bournemouth Beach yesterday. You never know. You never know. Dave, it, we might we might have a second spike before we know it, and uh, we'll be back in lockdown, and none of us will be at the football. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, final thought that obviously we're, we're going to look into. The thunder's
3: in, arrived now. By the way, oh,
2: has it? Have you got the storm? Yeah. Oh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> Can we hear it? Let's go quiet for a second. Near the rain, oh, maybe. I don't know. It's gone quiet. I'm really jealous. I'm actually, I know this is this is terribly British, but I'm desperate for the storm. I'm like, OK, hot weather, I'm done with you now. Can we have a storm? My poor cats are flaked out everywhere. Um, Obviously, we're going to look into the, the, we'll analyse the game in a bit more depth on the, the, the main show, probably Saturday over the weekend, we'll record it. Um, But I, it, it felt nice last night at the end of a very, very difficult week um, on and off the pitch for Burnley kind of well I guess it gave me a lot of comfort last night Dave to see that with everything that's going on with all the drama and all the nonsense that that we're having to put up with at the moment that a massively reduced Burnley side that couldn't fill this new bench that had half of its key players either released out of contract or injured that we still massively dominated a Watford side who albeit are at the bottom of the table at the moment Well not you know what I mean? They've been a relegation battle, but they are still considered to be a well-established mid-table Premier League side, and we more than coped with them last night.
3: Yeah, it was a, a big contrast, wasn't it, between um, Monday night when you know Manchester City, we know they're capable of turning it on and doing that against sides, and uh, we bore the, the brunt of it on on Monday and could have been a lot more. They were firing up just after the hour and uh, could have gone on to score another two or three goals quite easily. Perhaps they. Uh, let their foot off the gas slightly for the for the last thirty minutes, um, but yeah, Just a bit.
2: yeah, but it, it, it
3: was it was a real contrast, wasn't it? I thought we uh, we we managed the game very well. Um, I, I think we, the 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 problem's going to be if we suffer uh, too many more injuries or possibly even suspensions. I know that um, uh, James Tarkovsky's not going to get 10 yellow cards now, I think he's on 8 and there's only one more before the cut-off but Ashley Westwood's on 9 so if he was to get a, a yellow card against Crystal Palace, he would miss two games, I think it would be for, for 10 um, so we need oh to be God. a little bit wary of that and then obviously Jay Rodriguez he went off, looked like he'd had a bit of a, a knock to his ankle um, I think they have yeah, had the press conference today it's not, it's not clear yet whether he's definitely going to be available for, uh, for this match against Palace
2: yeah, did they, Did anybody... I mean, I've not seen anything in, across social media, any news about Jay. I've not seen that he is definitely injured. Um, they're not,
3: assessing it. I think they've, they've said they're assessing it. it so it's, it's quite soon afterwards, isn't it? With, um, there was a press conference today. I think the question was asked, and that they are um, assessing Keeping it. Keeping an eye on it. Yeah.
2: Oh, joy. Kevin Long up front, anyone? <laughs> He'll score. We'll put Kevin Long up front. He'll score a hat and that'll be it. it will get. He'll be Ditchport dropping for the rest of the well, season. there
3: wasn't was some other progress today as well. The um, I think the EFL had had a change of heart with um, the, yes. the situation. Is the the players who've been out on loan weren't eligible to come back and play for parent clubs. And I think the yeah. championship teams can certainly do that now. Um, as it happens, the Premier League, I don't think they've come out and said anything on it, but we had um, quite a few players out on on loan, didn't we? Who potentially, certainly would be um, strengthening our, our bench, even if they weren't pushing for a, um, a starting berth, likes of um, uh, Anthony uh, Glennon was out there, wasn't he? Uh, Josh Benson yeah. as well. So the, there are some other options we might have had had they not been out on loan and and that you know that option being taken away from Sean Dyche as it stands. But who knows? Maybe that might possibly change.
2: Well, it was a, it was a dumb rule to start off with. Can we get that out there? It was a stupid rule. So actually, I think that I think that they need to bring that back. Um, and then you never know. I mean, forty-two points, Dave. We're done. We are definitely we're safe. going to yeah, be, definitely. yeah, we're absolutely safe. Yeah. There is no way that you need forty-three points this season to. Uh, no, not with the number of
3: teams down then.
2: I would argue that um, well, if you remember, of course, I spent the vast majority of the first half of the season convinced that you would need thirty points. Uh, not 30, 40 points. Just because, if you remember, a lot of the teams at the bottom were taking points off the teams at the top. So a lot of the top six were dropping points left, right and centre and all of those bonus points were cascading down the bottom of the table. But as tends to happen, the win rate of the bottom side slowed down a bit around Christmas. And I, I you know, I would argue that if we lost all nine games and we ended up the season 39, we would probably still be safe. we probably finished 17. But we'd seven still games, we've only
3: got seven left, haven't we?
2: Uh, no I meant before the season. Oh started. right, yeah. We could have lost all nine. Yeah. Um I still think thirty nine would have been enough. Um so yeah, yeah we are safe. But with that in mind, you know wh- if the Premier League do relax this rule, then why not play some of these kids? You know, why Why are we pushing and, and risking injuries? Because if, if they get their way, there's not going to be a massive break in between this season finishing and next season starting. So, you know, why not give them, you know, why not give them a run around and let's see let's see what they can do and let, let's, you know, let's, let's just give them an experience. They've been out on lawn all season. They can be on a bench. You know, does it matter if we lose? No, it doesn't. It's, it's absolutely fine. Um, right. Let's get on with business, with chatting away about, about what's been going on this week. Let's actually preview a game. Um, quiz question. Now, I was not around um, when you did the um, last preview show, but I believe that the question that you posed to our listeners last episode was... Da, 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 da. We asked you if you could name the Burnley player who had scored the most goals in all matches between Burnley and Watford. Dave, what should our listeners have said?
3: Well, if they'd said Andy Cook or Gareth Taylor, or preferably both, um, then you would have been right, as both players had scored five goals each for Burnley in past matches against Watford.
2: Ah, some blast from the past there. Gareth Taylor. He used to be my favourite player. I remember him. Um, did he go to Brentford or Charlton or somewhere? He left on quiet bitter terms, didn't he, if I remember rightly, to go with Taylor. Well,
3: he's now the um, Manchester City uh, ladies manager, isn't he?
2: Is Fact.
3: Well, he, he was the, the the last game that I last football game I ever saw was the uh, youth uh, FA Youth Cup uh, match went over at uh, Manchester City's Academy Stadium, and at the time he was the um, manager of the Manchester City Academy, the the youth team there. But during the uh, lockdown break, um, he's been uh, given the Manchester City Ladies. That manager.
2: is. That has completely missed my radar. Oh, um, and I would say that if I was going to watch, uh, I'm a big fan of women's football. And if I was going to watch, um, and I do, watch a women's side other than Burnley FC women, uh, Manchester City would be the one, uh, predominantly because a lot of um, lionesses who are one of my favourite players will play for, for Manchester City. And I just, I like watching them play. And of course, they are northern um so that had completely missed my radar I, it's I, a good I job
3: someone's you know. on the ball isn't it, it
2: Absolutely, is, dave. <laughs> i have said this numerous times over our lifetime time of working together but what would i do without you i've oh, been a mess uh, i'm gonna do that afterwards so that is um that is a good thing now i don't recall us having any correct answers to that one dave did you get any directly
3: no, I didn't see any on Twitter either, so I think we, uh, we'd stump people on that one.
2: Yeah, I think we did. Either that or our certain usual candidates are not got their eye on the ball, so you know who we're talking about. We're going to be waiting for your answers next episode. Um, we're going to, of course, give you another quiz question at the end of the show, so keep your ears open, your eyes peeled, your technical brain switched on, and we will test you again before the end of the show. Opposition stats. Okay. We have a game. Dave, Crystal Palace, away from home, Monday the 29th of June at 8pm, which is going to be live on Amazon Prime Video and Twitch of all places. So, why don't you kick us off by letting us know what happened since we last met.
3: Yes, well, we played Crystal Palace at the end of November and we lost at Turf Moor. They beat us 2-0. That left us in 8th place at the time. And Crystal Palace uh, moved up to 10th place. They were on the same number of points as us, but just behind on goal difference. We both had 18 points at the time. Uh, You may remember that Crystal Palace's win was a bit of a smash and grab. Certainly my recollection of the match. Um, They got goals from Wilfred uh, Zahar and uh, Jeffrey Schlupp. Um, And they were also, uh, they were Palace's only two shots on target, so it was a little bit of a... Um, maybe unjust result in that respect Um, but since then both teams have hovered around the middle of the table um, and we're both uh, well we seem well clear of any trouble at the bottom as we um, touched on earlier Uh, but there is everything still to play for in terms of um, European places up for grabs I think uh, certainly with the Manchester City situation it may well be Mm. there's an extra place up for grabs there so um that that will be what the teams are playing for uh, for for pride and uh and pushing on for a possible european place
2: that would be awesome although i would be royally annoyed if we end up playing in europe and, and we you can't, can't
3: go mm.
2: <laughs> i like, know um okay so even though we won't be there in person dave what can our fans expect from the stadium down at palace
3: Okay, well, Selhurst Park has been Crystal Palace's ground since 1924. Um, And prior to that, uh, they used to play at the old Crystal Palace Stadium. um, And that's where the club takes its name. Um, That was, of course, the ground where Burnley beat Liverpool to win the 1914 FA Cup final. Um, In this new normal, as we're in now, Sellers Park has a current capacity of around 300, because that's now the restricted number of people that are allowed to enter any Premier League football ground on match days. Uh, Before that, you could expect to see crowds of just under 25,500 when the ground was full.
2: Excellent. Um, Turning to performances on the pitch then, what's been the heaviest Burnley defeat at Sellers Park?
3: OK, one to forget this one. Uh, Burnley's heaviest defeat in past away games at Crystal Palace uh, was in the last match of the regular season in 2007-08. Um, Owen Coyle's Burnley side fell to a mm. heavy 5-0 defeat. Uh, we weren't helped by uh, sending off. Clark Carlisle uh, was sent off in the seventh minute and uh, conceded a penalty into the bargain. So we were down to 10 men and a goal down in seven minutes and went on to lose... Five nil, and what made it worse as well is what, uh, Neil Warnock, who was their uh, manager at the time. Um, that victory confirmed Palace's place in the playoffs. Although they, I think they got knocked out in the semi-finals. They didn't get to the final that season, and they would have to wait another five seasons to get themselves out of the Championship and promoted to the Premier League.
2: Excellent. Um, quick pause in proceedings. There. What do you think of Warnock being appointed the borough manager? I think that's a good appointment for them. Um.
3: Yeah. Possibly. I mean, he's, he's he's certainly got experience. It's it's. It seems an odd decision to go all through lockdown and then mm-hmm. suddenly sack a manager when you're a week into the uh, season when it's restarted again. So I don't know.
2: Yeah, my boss actually at work is a massive borough fan, um, lifelong borough fan. So we talk quite a lot, of, pretty much every day about football. And he made that very point that he was annoyed that they waited. But I did, I did remind him that throughout ninety percent of lockdown the team haven't been training they've been at home they you know it's only really been a couple of weeks before project restarted that they could get back to the training ground so theoretically i'm not sure it would have made that much difference if they'd have changed their manager at the beginning of lockdown because he couldn't have done anything for what 12 weeks anyway so you know i i get the point but i think i think they can probably be allowed the exception there um It was funny as well, the same boss also said to me, he had a bit of a whinge and said that he was annoyed because he thought that they were going to play awful football and it was going to be long ball, dinosaur football um, under Warnock, which I did remind him, I just said, you know, have you been playing free-flowing, attacking, beautiful football throughout this season that's seen you nearly relegated out of the Championship? And he kind of like went, oh yeah, okay, that's a good point (laughs) So I was like, you know what? I think I think he'll keep them up. But anyway, I'm sorry. I digress. Talking. They're about in the
3: dogfight, so they, 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 they are... may save them. he may not. We'll see. I think
2: he will. I think he will. I think this is a good appointment for them. I think they've probably just about got luck on their side that they'll stay up. But uh, yeah, how the mighty have fallen. Um, anyway, we don't care about butter. What am I talking about? Clarets. biggest Burnley win. Oh, we have an amalgamation of topics, Dave Roberts. A biggest Burnley win and Burnley's last win. What is this?
3: Yes, our last away win. We've actually had five previous away wins at Crystal Palace over the years. Um, two of these were by a margin of two goals, and the most recent of those two was a 2-0 victory at the end of April 2017. Um, you may recall that we were uh, fighting for survival that season, and although our home form had been reasonably good, we hadn't won away from Turf Moor all season. We'd played 17 away Premier League games, and we hadn't won any of them. But on a sunny late Saturday uh, afternoon in front of the BT Sport cameras, um, a goal from Ashley Barnes early in the first half, and then another goal late on from substitute Andre Gray five minutes from the end provided us with a vital victory and three valuable points, and we went on to uh, survive reasonably comfortably at the end of that uh, that season.
2: Excellent. Um, what about some head-to-head stats then, please? Talk us through those.
3: Okay, we'll just mention that in terms of the uh, away wins. We've played 23 matches in total at Crystal Palace. Uh, we've won five of them. We've drawn eight and lost ten. That gives us a win percentage of 21.7%, and that's just above our overall away average win percentage against all the other teams we've played this season. We've mentioned this when we've done other uh, preview shows. That's Rule of thumb, it's one in five, so about 20% of games we've won on average. Crystal Palace is 21.7, so we're just slightly better uh, from that point of view. Uh, but for top flight away matches, um, it's actually quite a little bit better. Uh, we've played six, we've won three of them, drawn one and lost two. So we have a, a win percentage of uh,
2: 50%. Brilliant. Um, what Remind me again, Dick, because it has been a while since we talked about this. What's the, what is what do we normally fall at? So you're saying obviously that our top flight away is is only fifty percent for this one. What what would you consider to be a good figure? I always get confused with these.
3: Sorry for for away matches. The average is twenty percent. So we only win one in five of our yeah. our, our away matches. That's overall times. So that's that's going back to the you know start of the uh, um, uh, league football starting. Um, So for away matches, one in five. For home matches, it's about one in two. So it's about 50%. We win Ah, half of our matches at Turf Moor. So they're the two figures to have in your head. 50% at Turf Moor, 20% away from home. So when you see a figure and think, oh, we've only ever won 21.7%, yeah, that's well that's, good. it's it's a little bit better than average so it's not not bad. Yeah. I mean you, we have gone we've gone times, haven't we? We've gone through we mentioned that particular season the 2017-18 we only won one that season. We only won one away from home in our first yeah. Premier League season. We won at, at Hull and only had two two draws I think for the rest of the season. So um the the, the average is is one in five. So that, that's the way to think about it for uh, from an away perspective.
2: No, that's really good. I always, especially when it's been a while since we recorded one of these, I always think, oh God, remind me, what stats am I looking at again? But no, they're really good. Excellent. So, Monday, who is the man in the middle? What joys do we have as a referee?
3: Uh, We've got Simon Hooper. He's the referee at Selhurst Park on Monday evening, and he's been quite a lucky referee for Burnley over the years. Um, We've had seven wins from matches, 11 past matches when he's been in charge, um, with two draws and just two defeats in the other four games. Uh, So far this season, he's been the referee for two of our away games. Uh, He was in charge at Bramall Lane when we lost 3-0. Uh, That was back in November, and he was also in charge for our 2-1 win. Uh, That was away at Southampton at St Mary's in February.
2: Excellent. Celebrity fans. And then the the new feature, which is what I love immensely – Celebrity fans. What, what, what palace fans have we got in the delights of the entertainment and celebrity world?
3: I keep, I keep trying to tweet these out and uh, hopefully one day we'll get a, um, a, a mention back from one of these people. But the, the names <laughs> we're going to mention this time, we'll be very complimentary about them in case they do. Um, we've got actor Neil Morrissey. He was in Men Behaving Badly and quite a sure. few other things. Um, comedian and actress Jo Brand. Oh, I love her. Uh, TV presenter Susanna Reed. Uh politician Chuka Umunna, uh, comedian Kevin Day, he's a big Crystal Palace fan, he's done quite a lot of broadcasting and always seems to mention Crystal Palace whenever he's doing that, um, Ben Bailey-Smith, who records and performs as rapper Doc Brown, mm-hmm. and also actor Liam Neeson.
2: Wow, that's some. Good celebrities there. Some a good decent selection
3: because we some, sometimes we struggle on these. I think we struggled for the uh, Watford one and we struggled for Bournemouth. But this, yeah, a better selection I think for uh, for Crystal Palace there.
2: It is. We'll get it tweeted out and, and I'd quite like I'd quite like to get a response from Liam Neeson. That would be nice. Um, excellent. Statman Dave's stat of the week. Well, I just don't think that that's enough. I I know you, Dave Roberts, and I know that you want to treat our listeners to something special. So why don't you delve into the Statman Dave Bank and give us your miscellaneous stat of the week.
3: Okay, this week's stat of the week is perhaps one more for the uh, Crystal Palace fans and the Burnley fans, but it does relate to uh, attendances, bearing in mind it's going to be uh, a, a zero attendance behind closed doors. Um, and no uh, supporters at the match. Um, It might be difficult to imagine, but back in 1979, a crowd of over 50,000 crammed into Selhurst Park, and that was to cheer on Terry Venables' men. Uh, Back then, the final match of the season weren't always played concurrently, so Crystal Palace's last match of the season, which was their game in hand against Burnley, was played after the rest of the teams in the second division season had all finished their games. Uh, Three outcomes were possible. If Burnley won... Palace would miss out on promotion. A draw meant that promotion would be confirmed for the Eagles, but the home side also needed a victory in order to win the title. Late in the game, it was still nil-nil, with mid-table Burnley defending valiantly. 14 minutes from the end, Ian Walsh scored a header from a Vince Hilaire cross, which sparked a mini-pitch invasion. Order was restored, and Dave Swindlehurst sealed the win with a second goal for Palace in the 88th minute, and this match remains Crystal Palace's record home attendance. And bearing in mind that the capacity now is less than half of what it was back then, yeah. it may well be one that stands forever.
2: God, that is a good one. I love those. I love those end of season games where things twist and turn like that. We were wondering, actually, looking at the fixtures in the Premier League this year, whether we will get some something to play for still in the last game of the season. And I do hope so. I do like it. I like it when you're watching it live and they flick instantly between the games when there's been a goal and you know what's going on and it changes the dynamic massively. So it's, uh, it's always really exciting. Um. So what, obviously, they're they're the stats then, Dave. What? um, I'm sorry, I feel like I'm sneezing all over our listeners. The hay fever season's got me, listeners. I'm sorry if I'm sounding like I've got a cold. Um, I don't. You don't need to be concerned about my health. It's just hay fever. (laughs) What are your thoughts? Then, obviously, I I think we're all feeling a little bit brighter after the uh, Watford game last night. Dave, which we touched on earlier um, Palace away is going to be not uh, an easy game by any stretch of my imagination I think um, Palace have very much found their feet this season they've got a good side manager seems to be getting the best out of them and I, I can see them I can see them really pushing for, for a European place next season um, that said we've got two games who now have absolutely nada no to play for um, I, and I'm not entirely sure that either of them will want the poison challenge that is the uh, the early rounds of the Europa League Um so I'm not entirely. I, I'm struggling to call this. I don't know whether or not it will be comfortable for us. Whether we'll take an opportunity to play some fringe players and rest people. Whether Palace will do the same. It's going to be a very, very difficult game. I think, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I don't think. Well, we're not going to have too many options from a personnel point of view. I think I'll be um, happier if I see J. Rodriguez's name on the team sheet. I think if we've. Uh... Had to put him to the bench, or, or he misses out altogether following uh, Monday. That would be a, a big disappointment and a, um, a a big risk to our chances, really, from from that perspective. Because we don't have, you know, sides like Manchester United who made um, five uh, substitutions together, didn't they, in the uh, the match uh, at the weekend. Um, we, we 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 just aren't able to do that with the squad that we've got and the bench that we've got. So, um, it's going to be difficult. Games are coming thick and fast. We need to um manage it, make sure the players are, are ready, and hope we have a little bit of luck with injuries and suspensions, and we don't uh, suffer too much from that. It's going to be a tough match. We've said already that. Um, Know, our record away from home, we only win one in five. Um, I think a point at Palace would be a good point. If we came away with a point on Monday night, I would be uh, reasonably happy with that. That's not to say that we can't go ahead and uh, and, and win win the game down there. It's always possible. Um, but I think realistically, it may well be that a, a, a draw would be uh, um, something that most fans would take uh, ahead of the game. And we'll just have to see how it pans out on, uh, on Monday evening.
2: Yeah, I think I tend to agree with that. I, I guess my only um, add-on I would say about Jay is that um, given that we won last night and given our position in the table, I'm not entirely sure I'd be too upset if Jay doesn't make it. If it's if it's even borderline, I would be tempted to rest him. Um, there's, there's zero point and zero benefit to pushing Jay to play any amount of minutes if he's not anything other than 100% ready because what you don't want to do is antagonise any injury there or just make things worse. So if there's even 1% chance that he isn't quite right to play, I I, I don't have any problems with him either being on the bench or being dropped altogether. Um, Who are we going to play instead? We'll just play 4-5-1 and put Matty up front.
3: On I think it, well it, it it may well end up being um, Eric Peters uh, full back and Charlie Taylor in midfield that be <laughs> one we've done that in uh uh pre-season games before haven't we and m- maybe have. Once twice in in matches later on
2: Yeah I think I think if we were going to do that I'd I'd prefer Eric Peters further up just because I'm not a big fan of if if you need to play somebody out of position and you've got two players on the pitch who play the same position and one of them has to try something different I'd much rather have the regular player stay in his position so I'd much rather keep Charlie Taylor at left back um, and get him you know he plays very well with those back five um, and I just don't see the point in changing that Um you know, Eric Peters isn't a regular starting choice. It doesn't matter if he struggles at the front. And I just think I don't know, I just I just to me protecting Jay from an injury perspective is more important than making him worse, trying to get three points at a game that actually will not make a slight bit of difference to our season, probably. Either um, that that's or
3: uh, Kevin Long up front, as you said.
2: Yay. <laughs> I just wanna say Kevin Long do, do 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 Kevin Long do, do, do. I, wanna, I wanna do that again before the end of the season. I'd be doing that in my living room. It's it will give them something to think run. about.
3: We won't want to uh, research too much about his uh, play, would they? In terms of uh, no. playing up
2: front, <laughs> it's an unknown. Yeah, but listen, it's. It, I, I, I. I think that was my only concern with that. I just think there's no point in risking Jay for the sake of a nothing game. Believe me, if we were if we were in Villa's position or West Ham's position or Bournemouth's position, then yeah, absolutely, do what you need to do. But. You know, At some point with a threadbare squad And all sorts going on off the pitch I think we need to be sensible um, Okay, so that's that's everything from our Palace Preview Do make sure you tune in where you can And uh, fingers crossed For a good result for the mighty Clarets. Fantasy Premier League
0: Update
2: So we finish this week's, um, well, it's not even this week's anymore, is it, Dave? We finish this episode of the preview show with a look at the No, Nay, Never Fantasy Premier League. It's been a while since we looked at this, Dave. Why don't you talk us through the movers and shakers in our coveted league?
3: OK, yeah, we provided an FPL update in our last preview show uh, that we did, uh, well, myself and Matt did. Um, and since then, we've had another full set of 10 games, so it's worked out quite well with the timings, really. Um, but there's been no change at the top in terms of our top three. I'll just remind you, we had uh, Bennett Howarth, Tall Paul and Michael Freeman. They've all kept their places in the same order in the top three of our Fantasy Premier League table. So we're going to look a little bit further down and see who else is in the top 10. And I think realistically at the stage, we're at, those ones who are in with a chance of making a charge to the top of the table before the season finishes at the end of July. How soon That's does good. that sound, saying season finishing at the end of July? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so starting from uh, fourth position and moving down the table to 10th, these are the other managers in our top 10. We've got Rob Greenwood, Max Robinson, John Sutcliffe, Tom Mitchum, Dale Warrington, John Pickup and Joshua Bedgood. And they are the other managers in the top ten who they'll be hoping that maybe there's an outside chance of them pushing on and, and getting into the top three perhaps, or maybe even winning it overall. There are seven games still to go, so if you're making some canny substitutions and using any free hits you've got, then there's still a chance that they can uh, they can make some progress. Um, in terms of other positions, uh, Richard Steele in 16th place, he's the best placed of the None Never team, well above uh, you and I, Natalie, because... Uh, Uh, the preview show presenters today aren't performing quite as well, are we?
2: Well, I was just going to ask. I was going to literally hold my hand up and go, "Um, why isn't my name in the... Top 10 managers is going to make a run for it before the end of the season.
3: Got to look a little bit further down. Um, my Burnley Stats team is now in 122nd position. That's a fall of four places. And your Dingle Bells team, Natalie, uh, they remain in 161st position. That's just above the bottom three. So I've got 164 teams in total. We've got the bottom three and then you're just literally hanging on just above the relegation zone.
2: But that's Okay. Because seventeenth is survival, and as long as I don't <laughs> drop into that bottom three, then it, it doesn't matter. Another I think, season.
3: I think when there's so many teams, I think uh, I think five go down.
2: That's not true. No, <laughs> hang on a minute. That's not true. That, that was not the deal. Bottom three go down, and quite frankly, I know it looks like I'm going to secure myself another season in the Nona Never Fantasy League. So I'm taking that. I'm taking that as a win.
3: <laughs> to be fair, there's no relegation. Anyone can have a go next season.
2: <laughs> i might i, I said that i might actually try next season and i might do something on a weekly basis with my oh practicing. you've not been
3: trying right okay
2: yeah. have i ache <laughs> most of the time on the previous show you, you say something to me i'm like what is that what, what do you mean i've changed my captain what do you mean what, what's a free pass what's this and i have no idea how it works um <laughs> where do we stand with the the uh, premier league's Sorry, the Fantasy Premier League's dream team, please,
3: Dave. Uh, Well, despite our victory over Watford, there weren't any Burnley players in the Game Week 31 dream team, although Nick Pope did add 10 points to his tally, thanks to another clean sheet. That's his 12th clean sheet of the season. He's still joint top, I think, with um, Allison now for... uh, uh, the Golden Glove. So that's something to look out for in the next uh, next seven games. Um, unlike last weekend's round of matches, any managers with both Nick Pope and Manchester City's Edison in their squad uh, would have done significantly better if they'd selected Nick Pope this time around. Uh, he got 10 points, but uh, Edison only got four. So it was a bit, bit of a turnaround from Monday, Burnley mm. getting defeated 5-0 and obviously uh, suffering from that perspective. If you had both goalkeepers, and that, that's my squad actually I've got Nick Pope in there and uh, Edison I made the wrong choice I, I kept Edison in from uh, Monday night and uh, been better off changing to Nick Pope
2: well there you go That's this is the ta- kind of tactics that I don't understand Um well we're going to be giving you another fantasy Premier League update in our, might not be in our next preview show what we might do is do them every other one, depending on when the Burnley fixtures fit between teams. We might be okay
3: for the next one, mightn't we? With it being um, Sheffield United not till the following Sunday, so we might be. Oh, uh, we've got six okay. days.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we've definitely got. Yeah, we'll definitely do that then. So we will definitely look at this next game. Um, and yeah, we're gonna keep you updated. It's getting it's getting to the business end of the season, Dave. We're gonna we're gonna find out who's gonna be coveted the win- Sorry, who's gonna be crowned the winner? our coveted um, no prize at all championship. It's exciting. I'm dying to see who it is. I hope Tall Paul does it just purely because I know him and that would be nice. Statman
1: Dave's quiz question.
2: Finally then, let's leave our listeners, Dave, with a quiz question. What would you like our listeners to look into this week?
3: Well, I'm going to give you credit before we start because th- we did oh. the uh, Manchester City preview going back months and months ago now, and you did know the answer to that question. Oh, you weren't here doing the preview show for the... Uh, Watford game when we mentioned that one but you did know that Ben Mee was the last Burnley player to score um, at Manchester City in a Premier League game so yeah there you that. go
2: thank credit you where,
3: credit where credit's due uh, so like this it. time well when we go off air you'll you'll tell me this and we'll uh, mention it in the next show but for everyone else uh, the question for this week is uh, the last time Burnley failed to convert a penalty in an away Premier League match was at Selhurst Park against Crystal Palace But who was Burnley's unlucky penalty taker that day?
2: Ah, I don't immediately know this, but I think I can probably make a decent guess. So I will guess off air and I'll see if I get it right. Excellent. Why don't you tell our listeners how they can submit their answers, please, Young Dave?
3: Yes, they can tweet us or send us a direct message on Twitter. That's at Never. Alternatively, email us podcast at never.net or you can also reply on the post for this preview show. We'll put one up there on the uh, Facebook page. Uh, so that's the no, Nay, never on Facebook as well, and we'll reveal the correct answer at the start of our next preview show, which, of course, will be for the uh, home game against Sheffield United.
2: Excellent. Well, that is all we have time for this week. It has been thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyable to come back and do a preview show, which is just one of my most favourite things to do. I absolutely love it. Um, We will be back. Um, we're not. Quite, I think we're going to try and record the main show over the weekend to have a look at everything that's gone on this week away at Manchester City and home to Watford. So keep your eyes peeled for that when it drops. Otherwise, like you say, Dave and I will be back at some point, probably next Friday, actually. We'll, we'll, we might be able to get a proper Friday night preview showing Dave ready for the Sunday game for, for Sheffield United. It is Sheffield United, isn't it, next? It is, yes. yes. Um, I mean, in the meantime, if you've got any questions quiz answers, feedback, anything that you want to talk about then you know how to drop us a line. Um, thanks to producer Matt for knitting all of this together and getting it out um, but my thanks always to Dave just working so incredibly hard to get um, all the stats together and I know you enjoy it Dave it doesn't feel like a chore but goodness me you you really do work hard in putting this show together so thank you very much Um, this has been the Known and Ever podcast the preview show brought to you by the Known and Ever podcast should I say until next time